So we said this morning that that we are generational and God thinks in generations. That when he looks down upon us, he's thinking generationally. He's not thinking about one generation, he's thinking multi-generational. And we talked about how the, the church has to get a mindset and change our minds, renew our minds and think multi-generational. How we have to think every age group moving together in a, as a mighty force because we need the fathers, the mothers, the sons, the daughters walking together, working together so that we're a full body of Christ. So we said this, God said this to Abraham. He took him outside and said, look up the heavens and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, he said, so shall your offspring be. We are now the offspring of Abraham. Amen? Now, there's a problem with this, and we talked about it this morning. The problem with this being this seed that God has planted into the earth, there has been a war against it since Genesis. Just put that scripture up for me, Genesis 3.15. Yeah, and I'll put enmity, and we talked about that being irreconcilable difference between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. And I want to I use the word seed tonight. That there would be a war against the seed, amen. There would be a war against the seed in you and there would be a war against the seed in the church. There is a war. How many of you know that when you were in your mother's womb, a war began? A war began against you to come and destroy you, to come and rob you to come and take away the image of God upon the earth. Because when you were put in your mother's womb, the image of God was released upon the earth in you. God is multifaceted. Who knows that? God is multifaceted. God is all in all, everything in everything. Amen? And when God released a seed from heaven into your mother's womb called you, he released a part of himself. Now, right at that point there, there was a war against that seed. How many of you can put your hand up now and say, yeah, I know there was a war against me, even from the womb. Amen. Put your hand up if that's you. Amen. Now, we talked about this morning that our nation is young. Our nation is only like just over 200 years old. So, we haven't really right now got into religious strongholds over our nation. Praise God. But we also haven't got to a place where we've developed spiritual parenting. And we talked about how people have been sent out to plant churches and do ministries, but they haven't had fathers and mothers. They haven't had the ministry over their lives to bring them to the fullness. And so most of us would just sent out and say, have a go. Have a go, mate, and see what you can do. And if, if you live, you live. If you die, you die. Praise God. Amen. And many of us died. I saw, I have seen many of my friends go down in the battle. I've seen their marriages destroyed. I've seen, I've seen adultery come and take them out. Amen. I've seen their kids not going to church anymore. It's been a, just a mess. It's been a war. Amen. But what we have to do is we have to get smart. We have to start to put a, a united front. And we talked about how we have to get strategy. And understand that God does things in order and God does things in generations. And God raises up leaders and leaders of leaders. And God wants to father and mother generations. Now, we talked about this morning how when revival come and renewal come, 
Now, God, you know, a lot of people were saying, this is the generation that will take it. This is the generation that are going to take it out. That was a big mistake because that generation felt the weight of that upon them and when it didn't happen, they were discouraged, disappointed and they fell out of the church, amen. And, and the ones that stayed in the church, they're finding it hard to recover again because you know why? Because God does things in generations, Amen. It's not, no one ever sends a young boy to war without a, a general over his life. No one ever sends a young boy to war without sending him to training camp first. Is that right, my friends, my war friends? Is that right? Is that right? Mark, would you ever take a young man and say to him, go, have a go, mate. Uh, there's enemy out there. They're going to shoot you up. But man, you just take that thing, you know, just point it, pull that little thing there and you'll be right. It has been done. And what happens? They die very quickly. Amen. So we've said how we want to set up, we want to set it up. And we want to be wise. Amen. Like when I see young people coming into this church, my heart breaks for them. Because I want them to have the parenting. I want them to do better than we have done. I want them to go ahead of us and do great exploits. Amen? And so when we look at people, we want to look at them not just as a number in the church, not just as another person to sit on another seat, just not as a statistic so we can have a bigger church than the church down the road, but every single person, amen, is a facet of God who has, who has had, has been has been killed, robbed and destroyed, who needs everything restored to them so that they can be the fullness of God on the earth, so that they can express God upon this earth again. Do you know what? When God looks at you, he sees the finished product. And we have to get those kind of eyes for one another. We have to get eyes that look through the stuff and look through who we are now and find something in each other that we can pull out and pull through and pat on the back and say, come on. (laughs) And you know what? There's no jealousy in competition when we're working together. You know, when we see a young person arising that's got something on their lives, it's not like we're going to squash them and go, I'm a senior pastor here, just sit there by it. You know what I mean? Turn with me to 1 Chronicles 22 and we're going to pick it up where we left off this morning. Okay. Now let's read this along. If you've got Bibles, open them up and let's read along. And we'll go from verse 5. My son Solomon is young and inexperienced and the house to be built for the Lord should be of great magnificence and fame and splendour in the sight of all nations. Therefore, I will make preparations for it. So David made extensive preparations before his death. Then he called his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord, the God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, my son, I had it in my heart to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, but this word of the Lord came to me. You have shed much blood and have fought many wars. You are not to build a house for my name because you have shed much blood on the earth in my sight, but you will have a son who will be a man of peace and rest and I will give him rest from all his enemies on every side and his name will be Solomon and I will grant Israel peace and quiet during his reign. He is the one who will build a house for my name. He will be my son and I will be his father 
and I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, the Lord be with you and may you have success and build the house of the Lord your God as he said you would. May the Lord give you discretion and understanding when he puts you in command over Israel so that you may keep the laws of your God. Then you will have success if you are careful to observe the decrees and the laws of the Lord who gave, uh, that the Lord gave Moses for Israel. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. I have taken great pains to provide for the temple of the Lord. And it goes on to all the things that he's provided. Then it says in verse 15, You have many workmen, stonecutters, masons and carpenters, as well as men skilled in every kind of work, in gold and in silver and bronze and iron, craftsmen beyond number. Now begin the work and the Lord be with you. Then David ordered all the leaders of Israel to help his son Solomon. And he said to them, Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not granted you rest on every side? For he has handed the inhabitants of the land over to me. And the land is subject to the Lord and his people. Now devote your heart and soul to seeking the Lord your God. Begin to build the sanctuary of the Lord God so that you may bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the sacred articles belonging to God into the temple that will be built for the name of the Lord. And then verse 1 of 23, when David was old and full of years, he made his son Solomon king over Israel. These are the things I just want to bring out to finish this morning's message. Number one, my son is young and inexperienced and we talked about it and I want to talk about it again. You know, as I said, you know, I I think Phil and I, there could have been so much stuff, so many heartaches, so much pain that we went through if we would have had a father, a mother speaking into our lives. Amen. Amen. And, and we, we can't as a generation get whingy and complaining about that and get all offended about that and get funny about that. What we need to do is turn around and say, I may not have had fathers and mothers, but I will be one. Yeah, Amen. We need to start now. Amen. Yeah. We need to start now for our nation. We need to start a godly inheritance. Many of us don't have godly inheritance because we're first-generation Christians, amen? And we're here to establish something in this nation. God wants to touch this nation in a special way. God wants to come to this nation. He has somehow preserved the innocence of this nation from all the other nations of the world. Somehow it's remained young and innocent. God fashioned and formed and planned that this nation wouldn't be populated by us, I mean, I know it was populated by our brothers and sisters, but it wasn't populated by us until just over 200 years ago. God didn't bring, you know, uh, the Western culture here until 200 years ago because he wanted to keep it. He wanted to keep it young and innocent. Amen. Because he wants to do a mighty work in Aussie hearts, in young, innocent hearts, hearts that are not religious yet, hearts that are not too stooped in sin yet. Although we fought the generations and stood in the gap and said it stops right here. Amen. And we have to keep warring for that. And the second thing he says there, therefore I will make preparations for him. And I think there comes something in our hearts. Now listen, when I say this, please think multi-generational. 
So what I'm saying is, Andrew, think of the young men and women. Julie, think of the young girls that God is giving you. Amen. When I say this, Kim, think of the spiritual children that God's going to place in your life. Not just your own kids, but the spiritual children God's going to put in your life. Amen. And you know what? You can be a spiritual parent over someone who's older than you. If you have the authority, if God has given you wisdom, you can actually parent someone older than you. So don't think like that. Think the way that God thinks. Amen. Think, you know, what, when, I, when I'm speaking, I want you to start to process it. Like this isn't about, you know, just the, you know, the 50 kind of people, the 50-year-old people, and uh, they, they're making it right so us young kids can rise up and do something. No, I'm thinking multi-generational. Just come here for a minute, Garth, Dave, you could come here, Andrew, you come here, and maybe um, Samuel, and Samuel, come here. Um, if I could just, and Pastor Phil, now, Pastor Phil, you could stand there right now, here, and Dave, come up next to Pastor Phil, and then Andrew, and then, and then Garth, and then, and then just somebody, who's, who is it that you mentor, Garth, like Jason? Where's Jason? Come here, Jace, quick, run, run, run. Run like you're running a marathon. Run like you're sprinting. He's from England. He's not very fast, Garth says. <laughs> okay, now you see what I'm talking about here. I know that this is, you know, there's mo- many, many dimensions of this, all right? But um, here we have Pastor Phil, father, and then his fathering, David, David's fathering. Andrew, Andrew's fathering, Garth, Garth's fathering, Jason, Jason's fathering, Samuel, Samuel, you will be given children to father as well, all right? So don't think you, 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 you know, you're just going to get it and not have to give it, all right? You know what I'm saying? So then there's younger children that, Samuel, I know that you're a leader at Pumped, you know, aren't you? Yeah, who's the Pumped kid that's here right now? Come on, Alicia. Yep. You're, you're a leader. Yeah, I just want a kid that's being mentored by a leader. See? You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? You see, because if we just think about one generation, we're not going to get it done. You know, if we just say, Pastor Phil will do it all, he'll do it. He can do it. Pastor Phil will do it. No, 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 no. Pastor Phil's sewing. David's sewing. Andrew's sewing. Garth's sewing. Jason's sewing. Samuel sewing. Alicia, get ready to sew. <laughs> Little baby. Come on, baby. Jesus' name. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You sit down. You understand? You know, like I think Katrina said to me the other day, I, I've, I hope you don't mind, but um, I think your mother's adopted me. And I said, join the club. <laughs> Put up your hand if you think you're a spiritual daughter of my mum. I mean, she's got quite a few. Amen. And uh, I gave her up a long time ago. Amen. And I share her and that's fine with me. And so it said, David made extensive preparations. Now, those extensive preparations, they were financial, they were spiritual. I mean, you know what? We need to get down to a level where we look at each other, eyeball each other, get down where each other is, at each other's level, and saying, how are you doing, mate? I mean, we've had a lot of preaching. We've had a lot of teaching and we need that stuff. But you know what? It's in relationship. It's when you can come down alongside someone and hug them 
and look at them in the eyes and say, I'm believing in you. Amen? Isn't that right? I believe in you. You know that. You know that. And you know that. You know well, how I'm talking to you. You know what I mean? Because if, if, if people realise that you believe in them, they will, they will just give their heart to the Lord and follow him because they feel like they belong. They feel like they're connected in. Amen. So number two, it says, You have fought many wars, so I have fought many wars, so that you would have rest from your enemies on every side. Now listen to me. I shared this morning how we fought the wars, our generation, so that our kids and our spiritual kids could stand on our shoulders. And they wouldn't have to fight the wars that we fought for. Amen. But you know, you've got guys in here that have fought natural wars. I mean, stand up, Bill. Vietnam. Vietnam. Paid for your freedom. Amen. And we didn't honour that. I honour that right now. Amen. Mark. Stand up, Mark. We honour you, man. We honour you. We honour you. Amen. say, like we did it We did it the other week, didn't we, Mark? We, we had a one-minute silence for all the guys that had fought for us. And what do we say? Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Do you know what would be the hardest? And you know what was my, my, my greatest fear? My greatest challenge is this, that we as a generation pay a price, that we, that we fight our guts out, that we take the hits, that we fight the devils, that we clear the land, that we open the heavens, that we stand in the gap and then you guys just say thanks very much and sit back on your laurels and forget. And you let all the demons come back, you let all the stuff come back, you let the heavens close as if we've never done anything. Amen. There's a guy that's going around right now, he's a war veteran from Vietnam and he's become a chaplain to the schools. He's, I don't know how old he is. He looks like he's a lot older than you, Bill. He's in his 60s. In his 60s, but, you know. And uh, he's going around the schools and he is telling the kids about the horrors of war because he said, I want to raise a generation of peacemakers. I want, to, I want these kids to know that they never want to go there. They never want to see that stuff. They never want to have to hold a gun and shoot another man through the head, amen? And I, w- I, want, I want them to know this. And so he's not a Christian, but he just goes around as a chaplain to the schools telling the kids about the horrors of war. And he said the kids just flock. They just flock to him. They want to hear the stories, amen? And you know what he's doing is he's imparting something of, of a price that he's paid. And I want to say to you, young generation, there's a price that's been paid for the anointing even in this house. There's a price that's been paid. Don't just come in here and sit here and go, oh, this is nice, this is cool, this is sweet. No, this has got blood on it. Amen? It's got the blood of Jesus Christ over it, but it's got the blood of the martyrs over it. And I'm talking about us physically being killed for it, but we've stood in a gap. Amen? And there's fathers and mothers across this nation that have stood in the gap 
to see the generations come up. Amen? Because you know what? It, you know, it's, it, we can't keep saying, this generation will do it. I've had my day. I'm a grey hair now. I'm out of here. We need the grey hairs. We need the wisdom. We need every generation together. Amen? Number three, you build and you do what was in my heart to do. And you know what you've got to do? You've got to catch the vision from heaven that's being preached from this pulpit every week. You know, God, he wants to build a house, not just a physical house, but a spiritual house. He wants to build you. And Pastor Phil and I in the leadership of this church, we pour our hearts out for this. We've given our lives for this. We've given our families for this. We've given our finances for this. You know, we, 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 we've given everything for this. We give our sleep away for this. We, we give our food away for this. We give everything for this because we want to see you succeed. We want to see the kingdom of God advance and we've forcefully taken hold of it. And we need you to forcefully advance. Amen. And not sit back and go, well, this is easy. We don't have to fight any wars and sit back and lose everything that we've done. Amen. Build what was in our heart to do. Amen. Finish it. Finish the work. Finish it. Get the kingdom of God advancing on this earth. Take over cities. Take over nations. Amen. Be the head and not the tail. Let the kingdom of God be, be, be the force to reckon with on this earth. Rise up. Rise up and hear what God is saying to you as generations. Amen. And then this is the next thing he says. God says, I will be, he will be my son and I will be his father. And I said in Malachi 4, 5, how it says, before the great and terrible day of the Lord, that the spirit of Elijah will come and he will return the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. And you know what? That's spiritual. God's talking about reconnecting generations. He's talking about spiritual parenting. He's talking about empowering generations, positioning generations to do all that they can do. Amen. And I said this morning that I saw the heavens open this morning and I saw the great cloud of witnesses in heaven, Moses, David, Abraham, Paul, come on. And they were up there going, guys, you know, don't forget us. You know, we've done it for you. We've made a way for you. You're just the next bit of that, but never forget, never forget. Don't take for granted what has gone before you. Never take for granted what has gone before you. Amen. That great cloud of witnesses in heaven are cheering you on. They're saying, finish the race. Finish the race. Take it home for us. Come on. We're barracking for you. We didn't, you know, look at the disciples. I mean, nearly all of them were martyred. Amen. They're hung upside down. They're beheaded. Come on. For you. For you. They said, we've done this stuff so that you can go on. We've laid down our lives. Jesus Christ laid down his life. Amen. And we continue to lay down our lives, pick up our cross and follow him. This isn't a game. This is about life and death. This is about changing the world. This is about, this is a cause. Amen. This is a cause that we need to get connected to together. Amen. And stop playing games with the church. The church is not a game. The church is a place where you're being equipped 
and empowered to change society. Amen. The very face of society. Amen. May you do what was in my heart to do. And then he says, six, this is my next point. The Lord is with you. May you have success. May the Lord give you discretion and understanding. May you keep God's laws. You know, it says that my people perish through lack of knowledge. And I prophesied over Garth this morning that he would give young people swords in their hands, that they would know the word of God. Amen. And I just want to know that myself. I love sitting under David's teaching because he puts a sword in my hand. Amen. We need to put swords in one another's hands. We need to not stop patting people on the back and and, and mollycoddling people. We need to say, get up, get up, read the word, grow up. It's time for the church to grow up. It's time for us to get up. It's time for us to stop playing games. It's time for us to be real. Amen. There are people out there dying right now while we're worrying about, you know, whether someone said hello to me at church this morning. Come on. Come on. I plead with you. I plead with you. I plead with you for the sake of the thousands. Grow up. Connect. Encourage. Exhort admonish, teach, empower, position each other. Amen. And then here we have, he says then, keep God's laws. Amen. Come on, listen to me. Young people are looking at us. And we can say we can do this all we want. But if you don't live it, you're a fake. And they know you. They know fakes. Amen. If we can get up here and preach, you know, we love you, we love you, but you can't look at them in the eye when they're being horrible and ugly and still love them. Do you know what I mean? Then you're a liar. Come on. And they know liars. We need to be real. We need to keep God's laws. We need to be holy. We need to start saying no to sin. We need to pray. We need to read our words. We need to be mentors, not just in word but in deed. They need to see that we live. They need to see Jesus in us. They need to see something in us that they want to be like, amen. They want to see Jesus in us. They're sick of fakes. They know fakes. They don't want religion and they don't want fakes. They want parents. They want real parents. And you know what? If you love them, you can discipline them because they know that you love them enough to want the best for them. Amen. You know, you can't love and not discipline. But discipline without love is horrible. Amen. But a father disciplines a child that he loves. And when we discipline, when we come and correct, it's because we want the best for you. And when you do that for someone else and you help them and say, hey man, don't go there. Just don't go there. Come on, don't go there. There's so much in store for you. When I, sometimes I, I'm awake at night, I'm crying for some of the young people because I see sin trying to get them. I see sin trying to engulf them. They're fighting, man. They're fighting as hard as they can. Some of the young people that come here, you know, they're, they're first generation Christians. Their parents aren't saved yet. And they've got a water fight. They've got a street water fight. They've got a home water fight. They've got a spiritual realm water fight. They get saved and the whole thing comes against them. 
And they need spiritual parents to fight for them in prayer, to stand for them and say, you can do this. I know you can. Take another step, son. It's okay. You fell over. Get up. Get up. Get up, daughter. Do it again. Come on. We're we're barracking for you. They need to hear the sound of the great cloud of witnesses here on earth. Amen. And I'm talking about for one another as well. Amen. Rejoice with one another. Come on. Rejoice. So good. And then he says this, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Amen. And we can be the voice to one another that stops each other being afraid and discouraged and we can, we can admonish one another, be strong, be courageous. It's okay. It's going to work. That happened to me too when I was at that stage of growth. But you know what? It, you get through it. And God is with you. Amen. And we give them wisdom and we give them understanding. We give each other understanding. He says, I have taken great pains to provide for the temple of the Lord within you. And I love this. You see, a lot of people, they, they, just, want, they just like know-it-alls. I have taken great pains to provide for you, so you do it my way. No, David says, I have taken great pains to provide for you. Now, you may add to them. You stand on my shoulders and you do more. And you show me areas that I can't even see. You let me hear sounds that I've never heard. You let me do dances that I've never danced. (laughs) Amen? You may add to them. Give them permission to be creative. Give each other permission to be creative. You know, it may not be the way you would do it, but it might be better. Amen? And I love this, and I'm nearly finished. And then David ordered all the leaders to serve the next generation. And you know what? When Jesus got that towel and he got that bowl and he sat his disciples down and he said, this, I'm going to teach you how to be a leader right now. Let me wash your feet. See? No, Lord, you can't wash my feet. If I don't wash your feet, you can't be a part of me. Amen. And you know what? We need to serve the next generation. We need to be foot washers for the generations and the generations to come. We need to be ones that will wash the dust off of their feet. Amen. We need to be ones that will put oil on their heads. We need to be ones that will come and encourage them and serve the next generation. Amen. We lay down our lives for the generations to come. I love that stuff. You know, when you've got calling on your life, you have to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. When there's something on your life, you have to protect that with everything you have and you have to say no to sin. Amen. Say no and fight for one another. Do what's right. And then he reminded them. He reminded all the leaders and he reminded the generations that he had fought and won. And he said this, the inhabitants 
of the land have been handed over to you. Look, we could write a book right now on what we have done to even establish this land. Do you know we have 11 acres right now here? Holy land. Holy land. But there's been years of prayer, years of fasting, years of fighting to establish this for you. Amen? For each and every one of you. And we need to be reminded that it just doesn't come easy and we need to appreciate it. And then he said this, the land is subject to the Lord and his people. When we first came to this place, he said, it's a preacher's graveyard, you'll never be able to establish a church, all the preachers fall here, the witches are against you, they're against you, the Freemasons are against you, this is against you, the heavens are closed, this is a highly satanic place, you can't break through in this place, amen. But we went and we cut down the trees and we pushed down the altars and we prayed and we stood, amen, and we stayed awake at night, amen. And there's intercessors that have gone and they've come and they've fought, amen, and we fought, amen, and we fought to a place where this land now is subject to the Lord and his people. We've got a land now that's subject to the Lord and his people. Now you need to take that and you need to run with it, amen. You know, David said, he said, I fought so that you would have peace on every side. Do you know what I'm saying to you right now? We fought your devils for you. We fought your enemies for you. And it's time to arise, church, and take the fruit of the land. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. And he says, Now devote your heart and soul to seeking the Lord your God. Oh, please, don't forget that. You know, don't just go, Oh, man, you know, this is church. and Turn into a religious system again. Because... What, what is the heart and soul of this house? The seeking the Lord God with our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. We are passionate about seeking God. And I admonish you, all of you, start seeking God like that with us. Right. And then he said, establish the presence of God and bring back the sacred things of the Lord into his temple. And I, I, just, I just admonish us as generations to remember the sacred things of the Lord in the house of God. Amen. And not to let go, not to let go of these things, no matter how modern we become, to always reverence to God, to always know that God is holy and worthy of worship and honour and reverence. Amen. And then I love this, and this is my final thing, and I've gone 15 over, but I know that you, you cover me with grace. But listen, 23.1 says this, when David was old and full of years. It wasn't when David was halfway through his leadership. It wasn't when David decided that he'd had enough. It was when God said, when David was old and full of years, he made his son king over Israel. And it's in my heart, the strongest thing in my heart, is that we need to position our seed to rule. We don't just need to position our seed to be nice Christians. We need to position our seed to rule. And we're going to walk with you. Amen. We're committed to walking with you all the way until, until I can't dye the grey anymore, until I'm walking with a walking stick. I'm still going to be walk, standing up here saying, come on. 
Let's do this. Come on. And then when I'm old and grey and God says, then I will position the seed of this house and we shall, as a house together, position our seed to rule and to take over and to have dominion authority. And I said this morning that I see men arising right now and women across the earth who are the next apostolic leaders and I know that they will, the land will be subject to them, the government will be subject to them, amen. The, the authorities will be subject to them, the crime rate will be subject to them. They will go and they will lead us and I say us because I will submit to them, amen. When they come, when they arise, we will submit to them as a people. Amen. And we will see signs, wonders, miracles. We will see whole towns, whole cities, whole nations beginning to worship God. Amen. Let's stand up. It's so good.